Today we're talking about five or so questions to ask about every meeting that you plan to hold. The overarching questions here are why and what. Why do you need to hold the meeting? And what needs to be discussed or covered to make it a valuable use of time or to achieve the objectives that you have? So first question, is it a good use of other people's time to attend? Now, maybe it's not necessarily a good use of my time. (laughs) I have other things to do. I have other priorities. But as a leader, as a project manager, as a facilitator, it could be that there's a group of people that need to have a conversation that are having difficulty having that conversation. And so me taking the initiative to hold that meeting can move things forward. So would having these people meet together be a good use of their time, even though maybe they don't think so? And, you know, obviously the overarching goal here is, is it moving something forward? So getting these three or four people together, will they, will that, you know, enable the success of more than one person and really move something forward. So number two is how can I raise or present a topic in a way that decisions or a decision can be readily made and almost just make itself? So often the way I've done this is to bullet out the facts of what is already known. Uh, Not so much the long assorted tale of how we got here, although sometimes that information is helpful. My encouragement here would be to really focus on what are the facts and details that we know today, and maybe a little history if it's relevant, that will help us make the decision now. Sometimes I found that simply by bulleting these things out, as people read them, preferably before the meeting or at the meeting, the decision just kind of falls out. It's like, oh, you've collected all this, these different pieces of information and contributing factors. It's obvious that what makes complete sense here is that we launched this product on this date when this partner is available at this conference and it has to happen in this quarter because we need the revenue. Oh, okay, no problem. As opposed to coming to the meeting and saying, yeah, we need to make this decision about this. And then you spend the whole meeting rehashing the facts and arguing about the facts. And so just starting, I find that just starting with some bullets of the facts can be very grounding and kind of orient everyone's thinking to where the problem needs to go, not where it's been. Sometimes... I will even seed the agenda with what I understand and see, not because I'm so smart, but because maybe I've been so involved in this project. I've heard people propose, hey, there's you know these two or three different ways we could go. I may list those on the agenda as possible outcomes to consider. Now, depending on the situation, sometimes that narrows things down too much. In other words, sometimes that constrains people's thinking in the form of, oh, there's only these three choices. We have to pick the least bad choice within these three options. That's not a good way to go. You want to come up with the best possible solution possible. And, off, and sometimes that comes from 
you know, the magic that happens at a collaborative meeting when people are throwing around ideas and information and facts and, and, and coming up with something better. So this could take some experimentation. So some cases, yes, say, you know, these are the three options that we've, that we've discussed or that have been previously been talked about. We got to choose one of these. Other times it may be better to just say, here are all the facts we know. And then go around the table and say, okay, what's the best decision that we have? Or what are, you know, maybe brainstorm on what are some possible options? There are no wrong answers or, you know, no bad options. Let's just throw them all out and then see where we get. The crux of this one is that you as the facilitator have clearly thought through and understand the background, the background details and you've kind of thought through in your mind, what are the possible outcomes that could happen here? Number three is, is it a good use of my time to run the meeting? So the first one was, is it a good use of other people's time? This one is, is it a good use of my time to run the meeting? A lot of times it is. Sometimes I'm not needed. So sometimes two teams just need to have a conversation with themselves And they're totally capable of having that conversation. And they don't need me. And I'm going to get nothing out of the the conversation. In other words, there's no value to me as the facilitator in terms of gaining more knowledge or information or taking that information and, and using it for another purpose. Now, if you're a meeting facilitator, or you're a beginning project manager and you want to get better at running meetings, the only best way that I know of is to run meetings and to do a lot of them. Over time, it's a a skill that will develop um, and you'll find yourself becoming more confident and articulate and um, but yes, that could be your reason. So it could be just simply a good use of your time because you want to be an awesome meeting facilitator. Another question I like to ask is, can this information be gathered or can this discussion be had in a better way? In other words, without a meeting. There's a lot of forethought and intentionality that goes into this. So, and, and perhaps imagination, imagining what you think is going to happen based on what you know. That doesn't mean you're always going to be right. However, sometimes it's just common sense. If information needs to be gathered to even have the meeting and the information hasn't been gathered or the information isn't readily available, having a meeting with a bunch of people that haven't collected that information yet or don't have it or don't have access to it is typically just a waste of time. Unless... The purpose of your meeting is to brainstorm and figure out, okay, how are we going to go get this information that we need? Sometimes in having this conversation with myself, I will come up with a way that this information that can be gathered in a way that's not a meeting, but that can feed a meeting. So is it sending an email to someone? Is it, I don't know, having a having another meeting with someone else to kind of get things moving, to warm things up, to shake free some information that you need that will then contribute to having the other meeting that you really need to have. 
So I guess what's underlying this question as well is, do we have enough information and facts and data and people to make this meeting valuable? If not, obviously, why would you have it? And if I've gotten to the point of, okay, yeah, we're going to have this meeting. The next question I like to ask myself is, how can I facilitate this meeting as efficiently as possible? The first and obvious one to me here is starting on time. I cannot tell you, I would say a majority of the meetings that I attend start late. So the meeting is scheduled for 9 a.m. And at 9.03, you have half the people. And at 9.05, you've got a three quarters. And at 9.08, it's like, well, let's wait a couple more minutes. Just make sure we get everyone. And my experience is that just sets a tone of, we'll just kind of start when we start. And it's really not that important that you be there on time. Set a culture and set a set a reputation for yourself of starting on time. Sometimes this is hard. Sometimes it's just not possible if you are really dependent on a particular person to be there. Um, my experience here is usually it's that more uh, free-spirited person that kind of lives in their own time zone that you really need to make the decision and they're not there. Yes. So in that case, I think I probably talked about this previously, I might pick another topic on the agenda that I can discuss anyway. And if that person gets the short end of the stick because they're not there, too bad. My experience with that personality profile too is that they are typically late. It's not just a one-time occurrence. So it's that they're late, they don't show up at all. You just kind of don't know what's going to happen. And Although you can really count on them to deliver their important part of the project at a certain point in time, or eventually, waiting for them to come to the meeting could just not be a good use of your time. And so you just, you know, you have to kind of use history as your guide here. I guess what I'm saying there in in terms of, of too bad is for someone that's chronically late to meetings, I don't have a lot of sympathy for them. If they missed an important part of the discussion, no, I'm not going to repeat it. We can, you know, go over it at the end of the meeting or we can debrief separately. But I guess I'm going off on a tangent here. (laughs) So anyway, start on time. Start on time and set a culture and a reputation that your meetings start on time. The meetings that I facilitate and participate in are all distributed. Distributed, remote, virtual, whatever term you want to... In other words, unless I happen to be in an office, a redhead office, I'm taking the call from my home or co-working space. I don't use these meetings as a social gathering. I know there are articles about building remote culture and the importance of, you know, building social and emotional connections with your teammates. I don't have any good ideas or tips on how to do this. And I would say that the teams that I've worked on that have really come together is some of it, I think, has been led by me. In other words, I will try to make the meetings kind of fun. I will try to inject humor. Sometimes I'll kind of run them like a game show. 
I will try not to take myself too seriously. I might tease someone. Someone might tease me back. And typically those things, those evolve over time. They're not, in other words, I haven't found a non-cheesy way to authentically build connections with other people on Teams in a in a virtual or in a remote way. Meeting in person definitely cements and furthers these things. And I think it's critical if you have a remote team that you are periodically meeting in person. There's no substitute for that. But in terms of using the meeting time to uh, share a, you know, share something personal or whatever. I've never been a fan of that. I've never really gone there. Um, sometimes, you know, stuff like that might come up as you're waiting for the meeting to begin. But in terms of making that a key component of every meeting, I just don't. I'm there to get down to business, do business and leave. Recapping on this one, I'm there to meet, to find out what I need to know or to do and end the meeting. So as I'm preparing for the meeting, I like to ask myself, okay, what's the best way that I can do this? Sometimes uh, it's the ordering of the topics. Maybe put that volatile topic, the one, maybe you have two or three topics and you know that one particular topic is going to be really volatile and controversial. Don't start with that topic. Start with an easy one. Start with an easy win. Start with, uh, start with something easy. I'll just leave it at that. And um, so, yeah, in terms of how can I meet, how can I facilitate this meeting as efficiently as possible? Topic placement, topic order, topic setup. Back to my earlier one about background. The meeting can go so efficiently when people have are starting with the same information and they've been able to consume that information without having to spend the meeting presenting all that information. So it's going to be different for every situation, but give that some thought. What could I do as I facilitate this meeting and prepare for it to make it run as efficiently as possible? Number six, and the last one, unless something else pops into my head as I'm talking here, is there a place for just completely throwing away the first five things that I mentioned? And I think there is. This came up in a conversation with someone recently where they were concerned that they didn't have a strong enough agenda to have a meeting. And I want to challenge here that sometimes I think you might just need to have a meeting that's all about you. The primary reason you're having this meeting is you. Now, you probably don't want to make this a regular habit (laughs) or people will not want to attend that meeting that's all about you. But really ask yourself, is the meeting really about you or is it for a bigger purpose that you're helping to drive? And maybe in the short term, it is about something that you need, that you need to move forward. But typically that's in service of something bigger. It could be that you're just trying to build a relationship with someone, someone that you don't know that's part of your team, that knowing this person and having a relationship with them would be a win-win for everyone. It would help their work go smoother. It would help your work go smoother. The whole team would win. 
And so your agenda for this meeting could be as simple as, ah, I want to build a relationship with this person. I want to get to know them. I think this could help me. This could help us. This could help everyone. So in that case, though, I still think the idea of planning and being intentional and knowing one or two things that you would like to talk about and then come away with are clear in your head before you start. And again, the things you talk about could just be, hey, tell me about your role on this project. I noticed that you come to these meetings. You don't say a lot, but when you do, you really have good input. What's your role? What have you worked on? How did you get here? What do you need from me? You could even use it as an opportunity to say, hey, what's your thought on these meetings? Are they going well? What, what Could they be done better? Have you seen other people facilitate meetings in better ways or bring in different techniques that you don't see me using? One way to preface that question, and you have to ask this question if you're really ready to hear whatever the person wants to share, is to preface it by saying, you know, nothing that you say is going to hurt my feelings. So give it to me straight. What what do you see that's happening that's not working that I should consider changing? Or what have you seen other people do that could make this better? And then you have to be ready to hear and thoughtfully consider what the person says versus combat and go go point for point on based on what they've shared and, and how they're wrong or how it doesn't quite apply to you. Uh, doing that over a period of time will basically shut down <laughs> the the feedback loop that we all really need. So there's my ideas for deciding to hold a meeting, questions to ask about that meeting. And again, I think the the core questions if you're if to just summarize it up is why and what? Why are we having this meeting? Why do we need to? And what do I need to know from this meeting? And what do I need to bring to this meeting in preparation for getting what I need to know? And helping the other people get what they need to know. Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show. Notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast. If you have questions or ideas around the podcast, send those to podcast at johnpolster.com. 